You're listening to the Slow Ride podcast. Likes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. The Slow Ride Podcast. And on Twitter at the Slow Ride Pod. Enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to the 432nd Slow Ride Podcast. This is Tim in Orlando, Florida. Hey, this is Matt in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Holyoke, Massachusetts. You guys, Holy Week is here. Mm-hmm. I hope you have all been at the cycling altar. Uh, the holiest of all weeks, I think, is, uh, um, you know, just kind of uh, on par for us. It is. And quick shout out, friend of the pod, Rob Kelly, for an amazing job last week. You yes. guys had a wonderful podcast. I actually listened to it all. Rob was here? It was great. Um, yeah, no, you... Well, you were here. Spencer. I felt like I yeah, just... <laughs> talked a lot last week yeah you did oh but oh it was great to hear more about the upcoming criterium season and all types of great news you guys did a great job loved every second of it we'll talk more about it thanks a little bit but let's obviously get to holy week spencer was referencing earlier um with the lead up and into uh flanders this week yeah the ronda um I don't know what you guys want to go over first, but um, I will just not listen to anything. And I'll just say that a uh, major shout out to Philippe Masijuk of Bahrain Merida, who has become the most well-known rider in the professional peloton really? for taking out the entire group. Now, you may remember a few years ago when someone had a cardboard sign at the tour de France and they got chased out of the country of France. <laughs> yes. Um, I yeah. didn't really see that. I just saw a DQ happen to this Bahrain rider who just decided, you know, to go through the ditch, mm-hmm. totally do a, a, a rookie move, rookie bike handling move and take out the entire Peloton, including tour, uh, tour de Flanders favorite Peter Sagan. Um, yeah, as uh, as a funny statement. I mean, I thought you were gonna say Walt Van Eyck because Walt did go down as well, but he took out Sagan. <laughs> that's true. I think uh, let's be let's be honest. Sagan was pretty happy about that. Fell down. Was like, oh, the knee or whatever. I don't know what the reason for the injury. I'm not. I don't want to make light. A lot of people got hurt in that crash and some other crashes, but uh, Sagan was, was Sagan was looking worst. for a reason to to pull the plug. Is that like lose your contract? type of crash mm. i mean it shouldn't be because i feel like people riders do that all the time and this guy just screwed it up but so many times there's close calls like that and but it probably is in the same way that uh maybe not as much now but once there was let's say a lot of uh pharmaceuticals involved and every time <laughs> someone got caught it was like oh how could that rider do that but you know the rest of the time it was here take this or you're not on the team so mm-hmm. it's kind of the same thing. It's like, hey, move up in the ditch right now because you have to. And then when they crash, it's, hey, how could you have done that? <laughs> Basically, there should be like a riders union or something. What do you guys think? That's crazy talk. Yeah, that's crazy talk. Uh, uh. I, I do kind of feel bad for him. 
Yeah, I yeah. mean, it was dumb. Get to the front. Oh, it's completely. Yes. Yes, it was dumb. The voice of reason. The little guy. <laughs> um, I, anyways, let's not let that take away from the amazing performance of one Tajik Pogacar uh, winning by 16 seconds from a hard charging Matthew Vanderpool. Um, just didn't have it at the end there. Uh, yep. Mads Pedersen, I gotta be honest, wanted him to win when he was when it was like 26k to go and he was really? still off the front. Yeah, yeah. Right. fun. I, it was like you know the. I I think we forget about him enough when you're thinking about these four riders or the the three riders that are the you know, the yes. pinnacle of classic season. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Wout, Matthew, and Pogacar. Tom Pitcock. Oh. But then you got Tom Pidcock as like the fourth, and you're like, you, I think collectively a lot of people are forgetting about Mads Pedersen, like former world champ, mm-hmm. who looked like a million bucks out there today, sculpted body, looking good in the full like skin suit, the long the long sleeves, looked like a million bucks. It was good. I yeah. mean, I can't argue with that. No, it's yeah, uh... yeah I, I I I'm more than happy to admit it. I was like, wow. This guy looks like a machine, yep. and I wanted him to really win um, out there today. I mean, mm-hmm. anyway. It would have been uh, uh, an interesting thing, since you're right. It has been so much focused on the three the three, through the three big riders to see somebody pull, pull a wild card. That break, though, that went, obviously, that, like, uh, Mads is in it, and uh, Paulus, and Merlier, and a bunch of big names... I had to go with that route, with the go early route, because there was no, no one that was following Pogue it, and Vanderpool, and even Van Aert, though he got dropped eventually. It was great to see Van Aert get dropped. The, <laughs> the attack come from Matthew uh-huh. Vanderpool, but yeah, yeah. Um, I before I know I know we just talked briefly about that opening crash. I just want to give a shout out to uh, Latvian national champion Emils Lepens. And apologies for mispronouncing the name, but avoiding the crash. He was like the first rider to avoid the crash from when uh, the gentleman came across the ditch. And for a second there, I, I think all of Latvian cycling fans, including um, friend of the pod, Tom Schkunz, was was quite relieved that it wasn't the Latvian national champion that mm-hmm. helped bring down the entire peloton. I was a little worried at first. I was like, wait, did someone click his wheel? And I'm like, no, that was 100%. <laughs> the guy from Brain Marita, unfortunately, yeah. hitting the uh, ditch. Anyway, so back to the race. I loved it. It was a fun race. Um, I got to say, though, watching on Flow Sports is punishing. Um, I should just do a VPN mm-hmm. and get around it because I was watching through Twitter. Uh, tried Twitch a couple times. Got like one feed on Twitch and then it went away. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I. It's just the flow sports, the inability to buy like just the monthly subscription, like buy like, you know, even give me like a three month option. I'll buy it. Mm-hmm. I'll be able to do that. 100, 150 bucks, a lot of money. If it, it was is a for painful, two races. painful process to yeah. be a bike fan, cycling fan in the US these days, as far as televised, oh. like we have more than we've ever had. We have way more, but it's way also, more more frustrating or maybe eh. just as frustrating as it's always been. I the only thing that's frustrating me is that Flow has these Flanders Classics the Flanders races Classics. because lockdown. Otherwise, yeah. I don't know what they have and when I did have a Flow, it felt like races kept disappearing from it. 
And yes, it was so hard to cancel Flow, and I'm so I was so annoyed with it. I will not give them my money. And yes, did I think about giving them twelve dollars for a for the one month thing like today and during Ghent last week? Yes, mm-hmm. but I can also do what I did, which was mostly watch a weird YouTube feed where somebody had a banner ad right over the main action, and I could only see the corners, <laughs> but I could hear hear the call, uh, like the GCN call. So I basically listened to the you bike saw race a lot of on tractors the... and flags. Yeah, like a lot of. I mean, my first watching, I went back and watched later when it like popped up places on YouTube. But I basically just listened to it on the radio, which is a new yeah. way of experiencing cycling. Um, you know, like Twitter and the radio is it's it's uh, it was still fun. It was so exciting. It is um, it is sort of a visual sport, though. I gotta admit. So, yeah. How and as we're and of course the women's race happened as well, and we'll talk uh, momentarily about the um, the results there. But I do want to say that on the uh, how crazy is English cycling media going to be with uh, Fred Wright getting eighth place for the UK? <laughs> yeah, and then they're, of course they're going to totally uh, just love that Nelson Paulus with like another amazing performance in fifth place and Matteo Jorgensen in ninth uh, mm-hmm. for the Americans. Great classic seasons for America. Um, I know that like seasons. a lot of folks, you know, would have expected um, uh, Quinn Simmons to probably be the one, but then here's Nielsen Palace and Matteo Jorgensen, like absolutely slaying it in the first months of the year and being the flag bearers for American cycling overseas. Mm-hmm. Pretty awesome. This is way better than George Hincapie would have ever done. <laughs> Take that, George. <laughs> no, it's not Take a diss. That, He's not George. listening anyway. He, he well, no, podcast but, but, but definitely like Paulus's results for the whole season have been phenomenal. Like, it's I, like, don't, I don't think he's, he's basically been in top 10 in every one day race and he's won stage races. Exactly. And like, yeah. He's been on, you're like, you're saying he's been on fire yeah. since the end of January. He does have yeah. Amstel on his program too for next week. So, um, but it, I'm excited. Oh, that's I, that's good. That's good for me. Very fair point. But it, it's kind of, uh, especially Amstel. I didn't know that little guy. But when you think about it, if Nelson Palace was doing this in peak American cycling, 2005, 2006 fandom during the Lance era, how excited we were for Hincapie to like kind of be the classic specialist that would. Yes, he had one really, really good Roubaix. I think he what he get second or third, and then. Yeah, Paulus is doing this week after week after week. I mean, <laughs> this is like what we dreamed of when we were really, really, really learning about this sport. Um, and then to throw in Matteo Jorgensen making Movistar a classics team. Yep. I mean, how weird is it yeah. to see Movistar jersey in the front of the group? Well, not to mention even that I forget the guy's name of on Movistar who got second at Dwarves. Uh, was in the break mm-hmm. all day at Dwarves and then... Uh, and he's only like 23, so and so is Jorgensen. So uh, Movistar actually has two guys to build a solid classics team around. Like they could literally are, invest uh, in like <laughs> a long-term classics are project. Are you is what saying, I'm saying that all it takes is for their 42-year-old GC <laughs> Grand legend. Tour legend to retire multi-time, before they multi-time can... Multi-time classic winner. <laughs> suddenly morph into a race team that matters that people care about and that are getting good results at other times during the year. 
Uh, maybe it it freed up a little <laughs> bit of space on the team. I mean, there was that other so. movie star guy who would occasionally pop up in the classics at the last few years, and we'd all kind of freak out. But this is oh, this is oh. legit, and these guys are are like I said, they're young, so was this that, could not uh, be just a one year thing. Francisco you know? Ventoso, who had uh, rode from <laughs> movie star for a while. That's, I think so. that's your dreams. That's peek behind the cur- curtain, people. When we would like pick like. Bello Games clubs like 15 years ago. Spencer was like always on the Ventoso train. He was always like, this yeah. is the year Ventoso's going to win like five stages yeah. at the Tour and at the Volta. I mean, he won some races, but... Uh, so, I don't know. Little guy, the uh, the Spanish rider from Movistar, 23 years old, Oyer Lascano. I'm sure I slayed it. Yeah, you like, nailed that. Just I couldn't it. have done that But well. three vowels in a four-letter four yeah. name. O I E R. Um, congratulations to him for Dwarves getting second. But yeah, Movistar Classics team. So here's the question for you, little guy. Mm. What quick step rider is going to get fired by Patrick Lefebvre <laughs> that uh, Movistar and uh, EF are going to go on the buyer's market to get the American uh, whiz kids some help? Yeah, I think there'll be some cuts at quick step. I think I think we can all agree that if you're a classics rider and you're you're coming to the end of the contract this year, uh, you should probably get that EF and that Movistar phone number and make a call because that's where the better deal, the friendlier deal is going to be. Man, I was thinking Askreen would be a good one, but I I just realized he actually has another year on his contract, so I'm wrong about that one. Um, one guy I'm thinking though, not from them though, is Sep, and Mark is out of contract. And I can see him going back mm. to EF to uh, be the wise old sage on the road. I think his brother might still be DS in there. Go back for one or two years and uh, put in some huge turns for for uh, for uh, Paulus. That would be a good one, I think. All right, I'm I'm picking up what you're putting down there, Dude, little guy. I still can't believe like Paulus already. I mean, I know he did a monument today, but he won a monument last year. When he won San Sebastian? No, when he won Japan Cup. Oh. <laughs> I get I get my monuments Obviously. confused. Yeah. Um, isn't uh Lampart might be out of contract? There there's a few there's a few quick steppers that so, I think. No, he's still in contract too. How is Patrick how is Patrick gonna deal with this, man? He's he screwed up. Oh, Florian Seneschal. Boom. There you go. Out of contract. Oh, yeah. He's done. That's he's going he's going to Movie Star or EF. That's that's written. That's writing on the wall. So anything else exciting on the men's side of Flanders you guys want to talk about before we get into um Lotta Kopecki's dominating win on the women's side? Over Demi Vollering and uh Trek Segafredo's Elisa Longo Bergini, who uh took Second in the group sprint, kind of small nice. group sprint for third place. Uh, I don't know. I mean, it was it was a pretty just all around fun. I mean, addition like pretty bonkers. Let me, I think let me just ask you this, and I know you're you're gonna have the opportunity to be a little facetious here and and pump yourselves up a little bit, but I'm gonna kindly request that you be honest. And we all know that that. Uh, Van Aert, Vanderpool, and 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 Pogue were kind of the three big favorites. But did you guys really think that Pogue could do it? Did you really think he could pull it off at Flanders? 
Uh, before I bo- the race, obviously. I thought Vanderpool was going to win, but I, I thought there was 40% chance Poe could pull it off. So I'm a little surprised he was All right. able to make such a difference on the climbs. That I guess that's the thing. I knew he'd be able to get up them faster than Vanderpool, but I didn't think it would ever be more than five seconds and that Vanderpool could always bring it back. And that was that's what surprised <laughs> me. Like The way he was able to... He was, well, he was able to go on the climbs. Was ridiculous. The time he caught Nils uh, Pollitt, I forget which climb that was, but Pollitt and so, somebody from Kofidis were off the front, and the oh, speed yeah. he went past them at was <laughs> the craziest thing I've ever seen. Like, it didn't, it it like almost didn't compute. Like, I thought the there was a composite image of a of a motorcycle going past some bike riders because it was crazy how fast he was going, and it, just watching so, the rest of the peloton was just like, it was startling. Let's talk about something else, though. <laughs> okay. Oh, with, okay. With, no, no, no. Around Pogacar. Okay. Last week, I was, uh, or two weeks ago, on the podcast talking about how Matthew Vanderpool is going to be the one that wins the career Grand Slam of all mm-hmm. the monuments. Yeah, I got a point <laughs> on this, too. Yeah. Uh-oh. Pogacar now has Lombardia. He's won it twice. He has Liege. And he okay. has Flanders. Uh-huh. He got fourth place at Milan San Remo. Like it, like that's the crapshoot. But he's proven that he's got a sprint enough that he could do Milan San Remo. So, I mean, it was Ru- really. Do you think so? The th- I think this is tough though because what is yeah, what I think is he could do this. But what is more of a crapshoot? Him winning Milan San Remo, which obviously like Gilbert went to what like forty seven times. And Gilbert could win everything, <laughs> but, but he couldn't win that. And I feel like it is too much of a crapshoot. Like you made the point two weeks ago, Tim, that Vanderpool's won the crapshoot race, and Flanders seems like the form is good. But, like but you can see, you can see Rube next week. Like that's Look totally at, possible. Mm-hmm. He's got the form mm-hmm. for it, and then he's got three, and and maybe he doesn't do Liège this year, but next year he like changes the training. But like he could totally just focus for. Lombardy on the end of the season, like shut it down in July and train and lose three pounds and boom, he wins Lombardy, you know? So he has done Milan San Remo three times. 12th okay. place in his first, fifth two years ago, and then fourth this year. Like, figuring after it out. a while, after a while, you're kind of like, oh, you know, maybe it's, like, yes, it's a crapshoot. But so is like who's going to yeah. get a flat tire at at Roubaix? That those results won, sound like, a little <laughs> bit like Jaws theme song to me. Like yeah. this is like and okay, he's twenty four, and let's go into the after today's win. Like Lombardia, I was like, all right, yeah, he can do it. Two GC wins at the Tour de France. This is the podcast that just four years ago was going ape shit. For Chris Froome, because Chris Froome learned how to descend a mountain. Yeah. And was w- won three Grand Tours in a row with the Vuelta Tour Giro, or tu- Tour Vuelta Giro. Mm-hmm. We were so excited. Yeah. Pogacar the- is 24 years old. He's won the Tour twice. Lombardia. Like, the dude's a machine. And you throw in Amgen Tour of California in 2019. <laughs> yeah. This guy... Nobody else can even win that. 
now. Merckx so, is, I mean, Eddie Merckx has got to be nervous. Yeah. No, Merckx is nervous. But let me let me counter you with this, is that uh, Philip <laughs> Gilbert got 14th at his first Milan San Remo back in mm-hmm. 2004. Okay. That's a long time ago. He got sixth in his second one. He got uh-huh. he got third in 2008. The dude Same kept trying for wow. ten, 10 plus years and it never happened. And arguably the greatest classics writer of his generation. It didn't happen, you know? I'm so saying it's it's he could get Well, th- how many times has Sagan been on the podium at Milan San Remo and like the second he came on the scene everyone was like, "Hi, it's he's he's going to win it yeah. for sure. He's meant to." So we for talk yeah, yeah. We talk all the time about Matthew Vanderpool's run of podium appearances, like 75% of the time he's on the podium or top 10. I mean, I know... He's always Pogacar been top 10. He's doing, been top four I, in every Flanders he's done. I got to correct you, Tim. It's literally the most ridiculous okay, sure. ranking. ever. <laughs> That's just Flanders specifically. I'm talking about, if you just look at the last 10 races he's done, taking hmm. into account a stage race where he's some race, some days on the stage race, he's going to get 20th. The last 11 races, stage four, Paris-Nice, first. Stage five, that's the outlier, 21st place. Stage seven, first. Stage eight, first. Overall, first. Points classification, first. Mountains got second. Youth classification, first. Monsanto, fourth. E3 got third, little guy. And wins Flanders. This dude's yeah. a machine. Let's just admit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We are no, seeing greatness see, here. His bike isn't good enough. Yeah, is his the bike's problem. not good He's enough. He's never going to win anything. Because he's got uh, this Colnago wow. that is just outdated. It's not arrow enough. It's not arrow it's not enough. No, so, I agree. I agree. Anyway. He's amazing, great writer. But I, I, I'm, I'm going back to your point of last time, which is that I mean that Milan Sanremo is such a crapshoot, and the fact that Vanderpool like got that out of the way, I feel like he currently has the form to win Roubaix, and he can train for the other two. In sure. A way. I okay. I mean, I think both these guys. I at times sit here and see a 22, 23-year-old win Tour de France in dominating fashion going, crap, here we go again. It's not going to be close. This is not going to be fun. It's going to be another Miguel Indurain, Lance Armstrong, seven years in a row of the same rider, Chris Froome. But don't acknowledge that he's doing everything that we wanted those riders to do in the classics. Oh, yeah, for That's sure. That's true. Start, starting with Lance in the fa- fandom, and I, I don't really give him the credit clearly he deserves and the only other riders that are doing this are on the women's side of racing and we get very excited about the dominance that we see from van vluten from marianne voss from others and then it's like you know what i'm gonna put my hand up (laughs) i'm all in i'm in a pogacar i i've been sleeping on it too long (laughs) but we're witnessing greatness here along with vanderpool yeah, this and guy, this guy might have a future in cycling, uh, Tim. Yeah. I'm, yes. I'm with you. Like, uh, it's time <laughs> like this people is... started paying attention to this guy. Yeah, he, yeah. Might, <laughs> have, he might have something. He has 56 career wins, which is bonkers. He's At in like, his fifth pro season. 56 wins. I yeah. mean, it's insane. It, he won't impress me unless he can pull off that white jersey at the Tour de France again this year. So then that leads into. <laughs> Lada Kopecky on the same day, Flanders did get it right somehow where they have racing happen on the same day. Although I do like the, the double weekend. If the women could have the race on Saturday and then the men on Sunday, give it the solo credit deserves. 
Um, the women came in, and two years mm-hmm. in a row now, Kapeki has won this race. Mm-hmm. Also won Umloop. It's SD dominating, works. of course. I, yeah. I feel like... Um... I, it was trouble trouble seeing the kit, because they all look... Yeah, I'm just kidding. Last year yeah. was the year when they all had the same kit. But Yeah, four or five teams with the same kit. Yeah, it was kit. very um, confusing on the climbs. If, I feel like they riders were confused when they looked over. If there are cycling fans out there who have long been Quickstep fans, uh, who love teams that just dominate the classics, but have been recently turned off by Quickstep's management and poor performance uh, over the Cobble Classics the last uh, few seasons, SD Works is your team. You need to sign up to their newsletter or whatever they they have going on uh, because they dominate these races. They, they ride it like you want to see these races ridden. Oh, it's, it's they awesome. attack each other. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like, it's fantastic. Is the best, best racing out won. there. Yeah. And it's so Demi Vollering who got second famously beat Lada Kopecki at Strada yeah. Bianchi. Yep. And, I mean, just dominating performance. Um, shout out, by the way, friend of the podcast, Sharon Van Enroy, for eighth place, top 10, Women's Flanders. Great to see. But, man, what a, what a great day. And SD Works is a hell of a lot of fun to watch race. Mm-hmm. Nonstop firepower. The, the, yeah, the, 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 the jersey situation in the women's peloton really needs to be <laughs> dealt with. <laughs> That's all you got other than what? So, so here's the, here's the one I've got the, the jerseys issue 156 K perfect distance. Cause that what's that? Like 105 miles. Sure. Men's Not race. Doing the math on that. Yeah, yeah, sure. Men's race 273. Can we just start yeah. them at 156 K? No. Go? Cause as Rob Kelly made the point last week, they, they, it's nothing. Some, some, you know who will win if you start it short like that? Peter, Peter Sagan. Sagan. <laughs> yeah, Peter Sagan will start winning again. Yeah. We're trying to separate well, the wheat from the chaff here. Yeah. Well, the women can clearly do it, and they do a fantastic job of it. I think that, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with a little bit shorter bike race. Captures yeah, well, the attention. It's, it's like the there's new Major race. League Baseball rules. It's going to get more exciting if you keep it shorter. No, I mean, that's why I'm a big fan of the E3. I know you guys... Give me crap, but that E3 is just like a well, short, a shorter Flanders. So you get two. You get the mm-hmm. big one and you get the little one. It's, it's so, like an appetizer. Yeah, the, what happened at I, E3 this year? It was someone just got handed a win. Handed a win? No, no, yeah. that was a Gifted. Gent. You're getting, you're getting your, your, uh, your races confused. Yeah. You get, you're getting your Gents and your E3s confused again, yeah. Timmy. Sorry. Take you to the eye doctor. Yeah. So what happened at the other races going into this uh, week? Dwarves was going on, and then also Ghent, right? Or was it Well, Ghent happened. Yeah, Ghent happened last week. We talked about Ghent a little bit last okay. week. Where, right. Yeah, Laporte got gifted gifted the win. Totally an undeserving rider, so he went out and won solo on uh, midweek at Dwarves just to prove a point. And up until this race, we didn't even mention this, it was a uh, little-known uh, Jumbo Lotto, uh, Visma, whatever, uh, undefeated in the Cobbled Classics. This is their oh. first time not winning 
which I think is, yeah, it will be something we'll remember in uh, years later of how ridiculously dominant they were this year until this last race where all they could manage was fourth. But yeah, Laporte obviously does not actually need the gifts because he's a very great rider, even without Van Aert helping him. Seemed to do okay. Yeah. He seemed to do okay. He seemed to do. He even got a decent result today. I don't remember exactly what it was, but like for being there to work for. He got all he got was 14th after working for his team leader all day. So yeah, no gifts. That's a shame. So, look, I you were um. Oh, by the way, real quick, shout out to Oscar Sevilla, Sevilla, little known <laughs> rider from Rock Racing, Movistar years, won a race in Colombia. Over the uh, weekend, I don't know if you guys yeah. saw this. I beat I uh, little known rider uh, Miguel Angel Lopez. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Where was Nairo in see. that? Where was Nairo in that? In that? Was he, Nairo didn't factor uh, or anything. Ooh. I I don't I don't see him factoring in. Uh, he's a, a DNF. But uh, uh. Oscar Sevilla, for those keeping track at home, uh, debuted for Kelme in 1998. Uh, Pogacar, born in 1998. Wrap yeah. your head around that one, people. Yeah, this is amazing. Okay, so little guy, we were talking in the green room that obviously when riders leave teams and they go to a new team, new new environment, we we tend to see at times a, a vast improvement. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's like you know new new diet, new transition, maybe a new medical plan. Um, I think it might. Yeah. But but you were you had a proposition to us. You're like, hey, when has it ever seen like a from one year to the next when the bike has made the difference? So as an example, switching from uh, Bianchi to Colnago bikes or something along those lines. Mm-hmm. Bianchi to Cervello or Cervello to yeah. Bianchi, vice versa. Well, yeah, and Jumbo I- did that switch. I I couldn't remember very many other switches the french teams like to switch between some supplier and look and back and forth every couple of years but that doesn't <laughs> seem to change the results very much or but like yeah, B just, twin for the decathlon for yeah 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 the but for all the differences in bikes and for the fact that uh pogue's not on an aero bike at all and it's not it's sort pretty of like bad a bike yeah. it's bad for him and it's it's a pretty big disadvantage for him clearly i can't think of a time when a team switched bike suppliers like frames wheels and it like the team got better or like one or two riders got better and Mm -hmm. especially i was thinking of this just like (laughs) i'm saying that i don't think really any of it matters and you could stick them back on round tubes it wouldn't matter but that that uh, was just with that that despite all the like the bikes have to be different in that like like have a there's gonna be a name. Yeah. no, but that in that like there'll be a bike that would be better for me than would be better for you, or like I'd be more comfortable on X bike and you'd be comfortable on Y bike. But it, at the end of the day, I don't know if it really it doesn't oh, feel it like matters. it makes any difference. It, it absolutely matters. Okay, and I tell can tell why. you, uh, I well I can't tell you because I can't remember when anyone has changed from this brand to a different brand, but mm-hmm. I guarantee the results improved. Actually, I can. I can think of one example, and I'll give you one uh, hypothetical example to keep track of for the future. Okay. Um, The brand is, doesn't matter what bike they switch to, but if they switch from Pinarello, 
to anything else, they will do better. You're famously very anti-Pinarello. Extremely (laughs) anti-Pinarello. Now, now, let me back this up by saying... (laughs) All right, yeah. Ulrich may have won the 1997 Tour de France on a Pinarello and then switched to Bianchi afterwards, but I will argue that he didn't have the competition and he's better after they switched to Bianchi. Um, But I will, and for the future... Let me just say, when Ineos switches to literally any other brand, watch out. They're going to be a good team again. Now, I, I you mentioned Ulrich, and, and obviously the bikes were quite different than preceding him. Uh, some guy named uh, Big Mig is what they call him. He won a couple tours on a Pinarello. Before that, a guy named Pedro Delgado won a tour and some Voltas on a Pinarello. And then we can even go more recently... Uh, some guy named Froome has won some tours on a Pinarello. Thomas, Bernal. No. Um, so there's room no. for Wig- there's oh, room for improvement. Wiggins. Wiggins. Hey, I'm little guy. You're missing the whole point. It's not about if they're doing okay. It's like they're going to do better when uh-huh. they switch off of. They've done that despite the Pinarello. So what you're no. telling me is the rest of their marginal gains, their their Jiffy bags and their other their other programs are way on point. Like. Yeah, like all that Brailsford talking about how like their next level. He's like basically trying to say, you guys don't understand how bad these bikes are. What I'm bringing as <laughs> to this team otherwise is so it's it would blow your minds if I yeah. could put my riders on a good bike. But yeah, but, but I can't. I've, some I've, economic I've horses. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I've descended mountains on a Pinarello, and <laughs> let me tell you, it's just a I noodle. have never I have never been more terrified in my life. Yeah. Okay. Wait. I thought you had two examples. That's one example. Where's your other example? Uh, it was. It was. Uh, I don't remember. Okay. I think I gave it already. You probably I mean, weren't listening. My. Yeah. I'll check. I won't check the tape. Um, <laughs> my only personal experience of this is that for years I was the guy with a steel bike, uh-huh. locally at racing, and everyone was always like, "Oh man, that bike's so heavy. How are you gonna blah 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 keep up?" And then I got a Ridley Helium, and uh-huh. Not nothing changed. Like yeah, yeah. I don't think I trained differently from year to year. It's not like yeah. I was better. It's not like I could go up climbs so any faster. All the variables faster. were the same. Like like it it didn't change anything. The bike felt lighter. It definitely felt lighter. But like, did I win more races on the helium? Did I even like place top ten more? No, I think exactly the same. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I think I in my mind I knew that, but also like I went to I think like the first. Too. The climby races of the, you know, the first climby road races around yeah, here. And I was yeah, like, yeah. I'm going to, I'm going to float up this climb. And I'm like, nope, still got dropped. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, with that science, uh, uh-huh. it, it brings a close to uh, professional race talk. We've got a slew of emails we're going to get to. And little uh. guy's going to tell us about a proud, proud papa moment right after this week's Primlap. My name is Matthew Vanderpool, and I don't listen to the Slow Ride Podcast. All right, here we are once again. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to find out about the family of shows. Shout out to Rob Kelly of Criterium Nation for coming on, guest hosting the podcast last week. Major props to Bill 
over at Cyclocross Radio and Amanda at the Grodio. A couple of great episodes recently on the Grodio. So check out the mm-hmm. Grodio feed for tales from the mid-pack down in the Mid-South. Um, fantastic stuff. Over at thewideanglepodium.com. Check it out. And while you're there, take a look to see if we have any t-shirts left. I don't think we do. Huh. Really? Cool. Um, yeah. Head on over. Uh, support if you can. All the shows really appreciate it. Um, especially the the newer show. We've been around. I, I don't know if you guys know this, but we've been around for like 10 years or whatever. 400 something episodes. Forever. Some of the shows are newer than us. They don't get they don't get as much love. If you got yeah, if you got yeah. you know if you're a supporter at five bucks and you want to kick it up to ten, make sure you click a few boxes for some of the other shows you listen to. Just just yeah. as a personal favor to me, don't take ours away. Don't <laughs> yeah, yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. Don't. <laughs> I saw you hovering the mouse. Don't don't unclick the slow ride, but click a few others as well. You know, spread the love. Yeah. But yeah. Many thanks to all the uh, the folks that are supporters of the network. And with that, let's get back to an overflowing Slow Ride Podcast email bag. Uh, I'm Nielsen Paulus, and you're listening to the Slow Ride Podcast. Here we are once again. It is that time to go to the slow ride podcast at gmail.com email bag to see what has been sent our way where all of your emails are gratefully received. This first one comes to us from Julian Allen. Hey, Matt and Spencer, could one of you please take the lead for race reviews? (laughs) No, Uh, Uh big, big props. (laughs) To the rookie for pronouncing Quentin Herman's name correctly. Sadly, that was after butchering Tidore. And as a proud American supporting Nelson Paulus, flipping between Ganya and Ghana, clearly the rookie has the, abur- has the ability to learn if you coach him, as proven by his new ability to pronounce Sheeran Van Anroy correctly after failing all cross season. Perhaps Matt could take the anchorman job off the rookie's shoulders to allow him to watch more than the last 30 minutes of races or even see cross <laughs> to enable him to pronounce key riders or events names correctly. Finally, his delusional belief that Matthew, not Matthew, is a better rider than Superwout is unbecoming of a cycling reviewer. Keeping that, that point uh, might be true. Yeah. Keep up the good work, you two, and help out the weak link back in 16th place. <laughs> and remember... Always wave to your fellow cyclists on the road. Julian Allen Philippe Wink Emoticon sent from Uh, an iPhone. Cool. That's awesome. Hey, at this point, I'd like to remind everybody that I'm uh, two weeks away from... From? From from the stroke anniversary. It's great. Stroke anniversary. Just keep it going. Just keep keep sending in all this hate on my... uh, pronunciation well, difficulties that I've had forever. What's lucky for you, Tim, is that you have a stroke anniversary to to deflect to because when I pronounce things wrong, which is pretty much constantly, I don't have that. And neither does little guy. He he uh famously still says confidence or something like that. You pronounce that weird. There's no n in that word. Um Oh, yeah, there isn't. I'm looking at my coaster right here. There is no end. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, 
would yeah, just, no, I would just I say like, uh, yeah, I don't know. It's we're just out here trying our best. Whatever. Like, I don't. I don't even know how to respond to these. Uh, this one was pretty funny, tongue in cheek, mostly. I think. Uh, <laughs> but we do get a lot of other ones um, about pronunciation, yeah, and I'll tell you what. We- the, the, no, I will say I see arguments every single classic season from Dutch uh, journalists and cycling fans saying, I can't believe you all type Vanderpool's name capitalizing the V and the D. Oh, Everyone yeah. knows if if you're using the first name, then you lowercase the V, lowercase the D, and uppercase the P for Vanderpool. But and then somebody else who's also Dutch will be like, no, you don't. You do it this way. And then somebody who's Belgian will come in and say, no, well, we do it this way. And they argue amongst themselves. And I'm like, if y'all can't even figure out how you capitalize the letters of the name. How are people who are pronouncing words that are not from their native language supposed to pronounce them quote unquote correctly? But, yeah. But it's, Matthew Vanderpool is a better writer than Superwow. Let's get to that part. Well, yeah, it's he arguable. was today. He was today. Uh, <laughs> but Spencer, thank you so much for the full, full-throated defense of the irrationality of everybody in the yeah. In the it's world. not defense of you. I also want to make that oh, clear. Darn. <laughs> <laughs> not a defense of Super Rookie. Uh, this is more a defense of like, uh, you know, people in my own city call a street by a, a different pronunciation than than other people do like it's just words are dumb and they're all made up and whatever we're just all trying our best <laughs> mm. oh, well, I, thought- I, I think it proves <laughs> it proves we're really smart and we read a lot that we don't know how to pr- pronounce them cause also we, we, if, if, we if say you're them, it just sounds funny it's true we just read yeah no yeah, that's we just, uh, we just, we're very intelligent we read is what it means we, we all read so much we, we never um, hear these words out loud if if folks are uh interested in super rookie's stroke though Go all the way back in the annals. <laughs> Listen to episode 200. And we were supposed to have um, Abby Mickey on as a guest for the first time. And Tim was very excited about it. So excited he had a stroke and didn't show up. <laughs> and if you want to hear me and little guy trying to backpedal our way through explaining what happened, yeah. uh, it's pretty great. I mean, I was ready to podcast that night. I mean, you guys edited me out. It was, uh, it was um, all right, let's get let's keep going with this inbox. Kevin Clark, longtime listener of the podcast. Uh, Kevin Clark, first time emailer, just had to pop up on Craigslist looking at random bike posts and saw the following link to the St. Louis <laughs> Craigslist. I figured you were the gentleman who would truly appreciate this gold. Even though it's located in St. Louis. Keep up the great work from Kevin. Okay. There is... What is this? It's in Baldwin, Missouri. It is a listing of several Klein quantum frames. I think it's 11. There's a former couple big dealers in Baldwin, Missouri. It's 11 quantum Klein quantums. Okay. And it it spans a... it's it's not like just one one run of one year. No, like there's yeah, it's, mul- different it's years, like, different paint schemes. This is it's, so it's ninety four, ninety six, ninety eight, two of each, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand, then even a two thousand two, in the Kalahari yeah. blood red. 
which was a great colorway, but that was near the end of Klein. I yeah. got to tell you, there's, there's a Carol some can- color too. There's some candy apple greens in here. Yeah. But hmm. that um, there's there's a white pearl, but it's a sixty one. Can't get that one. Mm-hmm. All right. There's none of the massive like um, paint fade. Like there's not like no. the gator the gator fade in here, but there is a um, linear fade caribbean blue that looks sick is that the gerald steiner one you're talking about little guy yeah i think that's it's at least it's close enough to the gerald steiner one you could you could kit it out and 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 go for that look so yeah now with this internal cable routing little guy would you use oh god the hair dryer trick or vacuum trick that you talked about last week i 100 percent would because that's the only way i've been able to get mine (laughs) <laughs> to do my so, breaks uh derailers have had more luck otherwise has anybody tried contacting the yes. this is clearly a former bike shop owner is my guess i i sent i this sent this guy an email <laughs> yeah i sent this guy an email uh explained our situation and that we're weirdos that do a podcast and we talk uh-huh. about clients a lot and uh just asked a few questions like i haven't heard a response yet but just i asked how do you have so many clients and you must have a couple attitudes, I assume, if you have this many road frames. And just kind of wanted to know what uh, what their deal is. What else so, are they collecting? I don't... So, so these are all really close. They're not all the same size, but they're all close yeah. enough that I'm like, this is a, this is a Klein fanatic. I think well, they bought these yeah. to ride. I don't think well, this it, is like out of business bike shop. No. and They say in the post something like, in the collection so what and else is in the collection exactly like <laughs> i feel like this this is my number one question uh-huh. always with craigslist post you'll see a picture of a bike mm-hmm. and in the background you'll see just the hint of a drop out of a different bike and you're uh-huh. like is and you know like you you get all like csi in it like you're you're zooming in and you're like i think that's a i think that's a cannondale uh uh super six over there what the, okay what else does this guy got and what this guy has to have more like there's some people you think maybe that's the only bike but if you're selling this many client frame like road frames like there's got to be more there's there's gold in these hills we should (laughs) post this on twitter because if you look at how the pictures so some of the pictures look like they're in kind of a studio drop cloth like the white sheet so someone knows what they're doing then there's just a random one at the end next to a honda element Yes. And you're like, oh. yes. I like that. <laughs> this is a racer. There's some that's yep. on that fast track, um, like Rhino garage railing. And you can see a couple of like that there's Klein, Klein frames, like frame. This is a, <laughs> this collection can help set the price index of Klein's uh-huh. for the foreseeable future. It's because true. this is the best part. There's no price listed on any of no, this. No, not a single one. So if you one, have to it. ask, if you have to ask, yeah, you get can't out of here. afford it. Now, yeah, this guy guy, knows what he's are, got. <laughs> he totally knows what he's got. Because look at how they're displayed. They're mint. Yep. The only like he could invest in a solid light, camera light, to really show the yeah, pop yeah. of. How would you approach? This gentleman to get some of these. I mean, uh, you know, like if you saw this at the swap, I don't know if they're my size. 57s are pretty well, big. That wouldn't fit any of us. 
They wouldn't like, fit me. Is, None of these would fit me, unfortunately. I, the 57 I say may, may fit. Sad. That Jade Chameleon or the Burgundy Blue, mm. but that would be a... I couldn't even use the 200 centimeter st- or millimeter stem that uh, I mean, has been requested. Yeah. I mean, I... In a way, I think that the... Uh, it's a medium presentation. The presentation is okay, but it's not It's not really befitting somebody that hoards this many clients. I think this guy doesn't really want to sell. I think his wife said, <laughs> look, 37 client frames is too many. You got to sell at least 10 of them. And he's like, all right, fine. Uh-huh. He's not trying that hard. Uh-huh. <laughs> that, do- that does make some sense. Like, they're just on Craigslist in St. Louis. Like, what, throw these what? bad boys on eBay and they'll be gone in 10 minutes. You know yeah, what I yeah. mean? What I want to know is... Uh, and assuming we still have any fans left in St. Louis, yeah, somebody knows what's going on here. Like this guy has to be. I don't know if you have a bike jumble in St. Louis. Um, I assume so at some point during the year. Like, is there a guy who rents a table at the bike swap who's got forty-five Klein frames ready mm-hmm. to go and every maybe year brings the same clients is st louis the bizarro world that we always think it is um but in that carries over into where clients are valuable I, everywhere else they are worth nothing in st louis and maybe we need to go there I, i'm gonna scoop maybe. them up i'm gonna take oh. one for the team i'm, I'm reaching out to to beat us I, okay. our our they nemesis in, yeah our nemesis in st louis he i need him there in the house he's gonna have um, to do it one other thing I asked the guy when I sent him the email was whether or not he knew uh, Mr. Moose Poop of Moose Poop Racing up here in, in the Twin Cities, who's noted, uh, as far as I can mm-hmm. gather, the number one Klein collector and uh, just independent thinker in the bike community. <laughs> has, his, has his own airbrush jerseys with Moose Poop on him, uh, yeah. rides Klein's, yeah. rides some some newer bikes now, He's riding some tie bikes, but... Uh, Definitely, we've talked about him on some other podcasts, but he, he is a unique individual, and he has maybe 10, 12 clients, and I was all I could think of is, like, I hope this is the St. Louis version, you know? Oh, certainly. So, so speaking of... I hope I get a response. I, I want to I want I Yeah, we'll more. report back. We're on this. We've yeah. got... Beatus is on the case, who tweeted at us earlier today, listens to the Slow Ride podcast once, because um, the cycling reporter... Uh, 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 Daniel um, from used to be on cycling news. I forgot his last name uh, tweeted, saw two Saturns on the road today is the world ending and <laughs> beat us. St. Louis's own took one yeah. for us and tweeted us. All right, let's keep this uh, inbox um, going, but Kevin Clark, hell of a great find. Um, uh, this one comes to us from Todd Grassman, longtime listener of the slow ride podcast. One of my favorite people. Um, good day, gents. The Omaha owls. Listening uh-huh. to your most recent episode, Matt pulled out a random crit team name for the Omaha Owls. <laughs> I know Matt was, I don't know if Matt was aware of, but they recently got a USL minor league pro soccer team called mm-hmm. Union Omaha, and their emblem is an owl. Yeah, I have attached yeah, the badge <laughs> emblem for your reference. Who knows? Maybe this plucky little soccer team can enter the NCL. How do you think they would fare? Well, while Todd was no doubt writing this, I was in. Um, the UK and Scotland listening to the podcast. You guys did a pretty decent job. And a little guy just throws out the Omaha Owls. Yeah. Spencer slash Rob Kelly just drive over it. Don't even mention that little guy just pulls a team name out of thin air. I'm tweeting like Omaha Owls are going to win the NCL in 2024. 
I think we've had this discussion before, but what other city team names are there? And we know there's a Legion of LA, not allowed or not participating in the NCL, but uh-huh. we've, we've come up with the Tulsa Sound Ponies would definitely mm-hmm. be a team name. But the Omaha Owls is mwah, chef's kiss. Well done, little guy. And Todd Grassman <laughs> also saw it. I mean, obviously, it just rolls off the tongue. I did not know that it was a it was a team, but I, I'm excited about it, and I, I do like the logo, so thanks for letting me know, Todd. Um, I, I thought of one other good team, I think, for the Crit League, uh, the Kansas City, Kansas Cities. You just got to keep repeating it as much as you can. The huh. Kansas City, the Kansas City, like that, like a soccer team name. It's yeah. like Manchester Kansas City, Kansas City. Cities. Huh. Yeah, but they're just the Kansas City, Kansas Cities. And they play, but in they'll Missouri. be from. Be, but they'll be really, really yeah, yeah, they're in the Missouri side though. They don't go to yeah. the Kansas side. Yeah, so it's, yeah, I, it's I beat you to it. I, you, yeah. you telegraphed it a little bit too long. Yeah, yeah, uh, Mark Mark McManus uh, hits us up. You guys may remember Mark Jacksonville, Florida. We really just love that city. Great city, gentlemen. Having lived through this very issue on my Saturday group ride, I think you need to ask MVDP and Pogachar. Their thoughts on Wout Van Aert's chain before passing judgment. Having to listen to a squeaky chain for over <laughs> two hours this weekend, I would gladly have left my fellow cyclist get pushed by a mechanic to have his chain lubed just so I wouldn't have to listen to it any longer. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like this it's to be considered point. an amicus submission in case the Slow Ride Podcast Supreme Court reconvenes. All right. Mm-hmm. Right That's on Mark point. in Jacksonville. Really good point. It's true. I did not consider that when I was uh, yeah, advocating for Yeah, since when did the guy become the, thr- the candidate of law and order, by the way? Oh, my God, here. He's like, wow, the rules. These are the rules. The rules it can't was, be broken. It was weird. Uh, it was, oh, my God. It, like, flipped on everything. I was expecting Rob Kelly think... to be the rule guy. He's a lawyer for, for crying out no, loud. The little true. guy's like, no, you got to follow the rules. Blah, 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 blah. Well, I, I'm I, am very, I am very frustrated by the the... Just un, this it's unclear. There's no clarity, and that's what there's a lot of clarity. Um, he should just be DQ'd. take it off the books. <laughs> yeah. Take it off the books um, or DQ him. You know, like it's it's one or the other. Like I do. If, it, if you're not going to enforce it, get rid of it. I do want to get to the crux of the matter here. Is that Tim wasn't here uh, for this discussion? Tim, what's worse, riding a, a two-hour group ride with a squeaky chain, or riding a two-hour group ride with someone in the group who has a squeaky chain? What's What's more annoying mm. to you? Riding with someone that has a squeaky chain. Because when really? it's yeah, because when it's my squeaky chain, I don't hear it because I'm usually talking. You can talking tune it so out. Much. Exactly. <laughs> oh no. I feel like I'm oh, it happens, ice cream. You know, oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh I just like oh, I'm like, oh cadence is good. All right, perfect. <laughs> like it's like an audible uh cue for you, but it, somebody it else's squeaky so chain drives me crazy. In a group ride it's annoying, but in a race if my if my opponent's chain is squeaking, I mean that's that's psychological advantage. Like I feel like I just got a watt. You know what I mean? Like, uh-huh. like I know that they're bothered well, it by it. It wouldn't matter because you're on a steel bike and nothing uh, changes. No, I mean that's true. They're and they're on a carbon bike, so they're just gonna float up those. So pipes. there's oh, no way I can hold it. Really. Mark Martinet sends us an email. Overhyping American classic racing. This would be good after two riders just got top ten at Flanders. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's see where this, Mark takes us on this journey. <laughs> this came in before. Hey, Matt, sure. Tim, and Spencer. When you discuss the overhyping of Matteo Jorgensen after this year's E3, I feel like you miss an opportunity. 
Clearly, this latest great American hope finds himself in the move at this year's Paris-Roubaix. He will ride away from the break at 40k to go. They will let him go because no one has, would ever believe an American can win mm-hmm. the Queen of the Classics. We will collectively scream at our screens as he is 35 seconds up with 5k to go, but then it will happen. His one-piece canyon handlebars will snap. The disc brakes will seize with mud, and he, like another American classics rider, will see his dream end. For European (laughs) monuments are no place for Americans. Of course, I jest. Keep up the great show, Mark. From Atlanta, Georgia, Uh, the once home of of the largest women's prize purse before we had to install a speed bump to calm traffic (laughs) because we cannot have nice things. And, oh, that's and, the, and the trophy. We don't know where the trophy is. Um, but the Grant Park Criterium. Great race. Shout I, out. I'm guessing. Uh, Brenda Gavick and all the, the friends. The world's largest Criterium trophy that the Slow Ride podcast bought and paid for and sent to that race to award the women's uh, winner. Is in the speed bump? Uh, I was going to say it's probably mm. in the hotel room that they stayed at that weekend and did not make the flight home uh, due uh, to luggage restrictions. No, I, I, I get on a lot of flights here from Orlando where uh, there's like cheerleading competitions, team competitions at Disney, and these mm-hmm. folks get on the plane with the biggest trophies, and they're trying to put that into the overhead. And of course, I'm sitting way up front, so I know it's not going to happen. As they they amble by, and the stewardess, sorry, the attendant, eventually carries it up the aisle to the front, and then they put it in the um, the closet. So there is room on these planes okay. for it. All right, um, but to know in case I win a trophy. Mateo Jorgensen, fantastic result. Nelson Paulos. So great to see. These are the emails we love. Mark, thank you so much uh, for the continued you, uh, listening. Let's let's all hope. Do you guys that... think it would be the greatest thing ever or the second greatest thing ever if uh, the movie star team showed up with the double decker handlebars? I was just gonna say. Rube. Let's hope that Mateo rides the duplex because if they do happen to snap, he's got a backup layer underneath. Yeah. It makes sense because we used now it's d- kind of doesn't matter anymore because everyone's running disc and every bike can already take 30s or 32s mm-hmm. basically like everyone's running bigger tires but back in the day you'd have all the French teams would show up like AG2R would always show up like on the cross bikes yeah the top levers and they'd and they'd run 30s and everyone was thinking it was totally bonkers but you had no other choice or you'd have to they'd have to change out the calipers to like the yeah. Tektro long reaches or something. I was always my favorite when they had to go I, with like the low level brakes just to put the bigger tires on. Yeah. Sh- they should bring back though, the, the top levers. Eh, That's a style really? I miss. Yeah. I, you know what? <laughs> I love I'm not it. For that. Miss it. Eddie uh, Merckx never needed them. Cameron sends us an email. <laughs> How quick step wins in 2024. Oh, a slow ride pod. I think we can all agree that a key part of being a cycling nemesis are performances that put the protagonists at risks of losing. I don't mm. think we've seen that this year. And let's face it, I'm sure the flooring company is starting to lose its patience. Sure, there's Remco, but second in a week-long stage race barely moves the dial. Here's yeah. the idea. Patrick fires five riders and uses the money to become a cyclocross promoter. Wout and Matthew... <laughs> Both ran into hiccups after cross season. 
But with a few more death matches, they might not be breaking away in the classics. What's their Interesting. price? Interesting. So, Patrick Lefebvre goes out and just buys Matthew Vanderpool and Wout. What do you think? Mm. Their price is more than he can. He's he's always claiming poverty, so I don't know how he's going to do this. He's always, ah, oh, I don't have any money. Ah, oh, I'm I, just going to have to yeah. put together 17 Belgian industrial companies to to have the third highest paid team in cycling or something. Yeah, I don't I know. I think it's going to cost off. him more than five riders, yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be like a, a super team in the NBA where they, they get the two best riders that can't play together. Can't play <laughs> while, together, yeah. Wow and Matthew don't want to be teammates. And then they have no supporting cast to help them out. Um, yeah, it's, 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 it's destined for disaster and a quick step. It does... Um, then when you put it that way, though, it sounds exactly like a Lefebvre move. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, Maybe there's something to this. Thanks. Uh, I don't think either of them like getting <laughs> yelled at. We got a I, yeah. You know? They probably don't. Yeah. So they're not going to go to FDJ for Mark Mattiot. Um, all right. Uh, shout out to Matt Watts and Jeff Aldrich for the emails this week. Uh, not making them on, but um, thanks for the tips on getting UCI press credentials at glasgow and matt watts always thinking of little guy and his fashion with some sweet (laughs) recommendations for gloves but the email takes a cake coming to us from north of the border to our one listener in canada thomas morton adam blythe sweaters now we may remember a few weeks ago we were talking about adam blythe's sweater that his grandma no doubt knit him back Mm -hmm. in the 90s Uh, and what do we have this week dear slow ride a few episodes ago you mentioned adam blythe's eye catching pink sweater let's engage the brick corner a little bit shall we and call it a jumper Mm. the pink one with the cherries that he sported at the ronda was outstanding he has a lot of sweaters for a guy that doesn't own socks (laughs) thomas Oh. Is uh, do you think the no sock rule was a rule that Wiggins and like started when he was he was always on there and now it just carries over like no 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 male presenters on on uh, Eurosport are allowed to wear socks anymore? Possibly, possibly. Yeah, the the um the cherry sweater was crazy. I don't know. It was next level. I guess he's got to keep up in it. So yeah. what's he gonna do for Roubaix? Silly hat. So, I yeah, maybe a silly hat. So thanks for all the emails to the slowridepodcast at gmail.com. But we want to leave this week. Little guy went to the ha- the his heaven, the co-op. <laughs> he had to go get some granola, go get some rabbit yeah. food. Kinda, he got to roll up the sleeves, show off the, uh, the vegan tattoos uh, uh-huh. at, at the co-op. <laughs> Indeed, a picture. Of me. <laughs> he had to go get a. Not quite to go true, get a, but I like it. Had to go get a refill of the patchouli oil uh-huh. as, he, as, he, uh-huh. as he walks through. Yeah, yeah. takes the bike. The bucket. Yeah, wasn't gonna take. Wasn't gonna take the uh, the peanut oil powered Vatican, the, the biofuel. Go <laughs> up. I was gonna go with every stereotype of someone. What else he got? What else he yeah. got? Yeah, keep coming. Keep coming. <laughs> he went over there with his <laughs> reusable cloth bags. Uh huh. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You got him. I sound like a monster. Went over there to me, get some, me good. Went over there to get some bird seed to put down so the mm. ice would be uh 
you could go on the ice because he didn't want to use the environmental destruction of salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I sound like a bad person, don't I? Little, little guy had to go to the co-op with a pen and paper to get some bulk food and write some codes on the little slips so it could be checked out. <laughs> Probably brought his own containers. Uh, <laughs> oh, what a <man>. loser. <laughs> Little guy had to go over there to get some Boca Burgers. <laughs> they still make Boca Burgers. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't got. I haven't got them for a while. Little guy had to go to the co-op to get the generic version of Annie's <laughs> vegetable patties. There you go. Now you're talking. Now you're talking. <laughs> anyway, little guy had to go to the co-op to get some Malto meal. Tips, it's in tips a bag. Saving these up. <laughs> Malto meal. Oh man. I don't think they have it at the co-op. I do buy the hippie version of Malta Meal. You got me there. Little guy, how many co-ops did you ride your bike paths to go to your (laughs) (laughs) co-op? See, no, I think that... We're not members of that (laughs) co-op. We're members of this one. I think that might be an own on your own uh, your own shopping situation in Orlando, Tim. That I have multiple uh, yeah good good grocery store options. What is a co op? Distance that is a that is a Minneapolis specific problem. (laughs) Having too many co ops is a very Minneapolis specific problem. We don't even have nearly as many as we used to. So little guy Um, had to go to the co op to judge his own price. All right, little guys. So I set the scene. You went to the co-op. <laughs> your car yep. I'm just jealous because the only co-op we have is REI. <laughs> barely, barely a co-op. How about uh, that joke? Did you guys take that, that one? That's good. That was good. So, little guy, you're you're at the co-op. Is that what is that what I'm hearing? Yeah, so I was at the co-op. This really, better be good. As, as Tim so Tim so eloquently laid the scene, uh-huh. um, I'm at the co-op, mm-hmm. filling my bucket of patchouli oil. Uh-huh. Just a and, bucket. Yeah, five gallons a week. Yeah. Uh, okay. I don't yeah. know how I don't know how you heat your home, but. <laughs> <laughs> Good, I got two. Oil prices are so strip. high, we had to go to patchouli. <laughs> <laughs> it's a real New England problem. Yeah. It's a New England problem. <laughs> okay, wow. Well, I'm going to tell, I'm gonna tell the <laughs> real story here, and it probably won't be nearly as exciting as this lead-up to the mm-hmm. story is. I didn't r- ride the cargo bike. I was just on my, uh, my Fuji Touring oh. 4 or whatever it is. Okay. All right. Basically, you know, basically just a old steel touring bike with fenders and stuff. Uh-huh. But when you're in the checkout lane at the Is this is this the one with the weird hammered uh hand hammered fenders on it little guy or They're just they're just uh, they're like velo orange fenders. I don't okay. have those those I don't have the wood fenders I used to have, which were right. like middle-aged middle man magnets. When That's I was in my early 30s, yeah, yeah. I met so okay. many 45-plus men <laughs> with those fenders. Okay. It was, if you get you're to, looking okay. to meet 45-plus yeah. guys that are into cycling, get yourself some wood fenders. You're going to – you're gonna conversations left and right. Yeah. Anyway, okay. I'm, in, I'm in the checkout lane, and when you're in the checkout lane, you can see through the window out to where the bike racks are. They're like right past the checkout lane. Okay. And yeah. so – I could see my bike while I'm standing in the checkout lane. And I was in the checkout lane a long time. There was like a problem with the register. So I'm oh. there. Another <laughs> bike. <laughs> Were they calculated with an abacus? Yeah, it was that. The abacus broke. Did they, uh, did so, they not have bags? 
Uh, well, you probably got to you got to pay extra. Um, so I'm waiting in line, and somebody pulls up. Another person pulls up on a bike, mm-hmm. and they're on a crazy bike. It was beautiful. How would you it describe a, this bike? I've seen a picture of the bike, oh, but yeah, it's it's a full suspension Y foil bike. Uh-huh. Um, okay, but no so no brand, but it's probably pretty, like a mongoose pretty, or something. Pretty sick. Right? Yeah, bike? it's yeah. like yeah, it's mountain bike. Um, but they've got full fenders on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. okay. they've got ape hanger bars on it. Ape oh, hanger. There's okay. a, um, what? There's a water bottle mounted to the stem. Not just any water bottle. It's one of those like Yeti cooler bottles. It's like, like a, the, it's the like a giant metal thermos. bottle. Yeah. yeah. Okay. All and, right. Yeah, and it's yeah, it's full fenders, mountain bike, full suspension, fun, and it's got a huge rear rack that like sticks out yeah. super and far. It had, like it's like sus- it's like suspension seat post. It's gigantic. Oh, and yeah, at a very weird suspension seat post, like. I don't even know what this thing was, but it, yeah, it was very thin and strange. So they, this so bike is a they pull great wing nut. Yeah, this is great. And wh- I love this bike. So wh- I see where were this they bike. going? Where, where, where were they? <laughs> they were going to the co-op to, oh, to okay. fill up huh. their bucket of patchouli too. Okay. So <laughs> they they pulled up and they parked next to my bike, and this was my proud my proud moment was that they they spent a lot of time checking out my bike. And they were looking at it, and so I'm watching them, but they can't see me because, like, the the way the glass works. And they looked at it for a long time, and then they did this little, like, approving head nod. And I was so just like, oh, you you liked my bike. I felt like such a a, a proud proud papa on my bike. And then the best thing was as they started to walk away, they got a couple steps, like, past my bike, and then they stopped, and they went back to check the drive chain. Because previously they'd just been on the non-drive side. They came back. They looked down and checked out the derailers and then went away. And I was like, that is a proper bike nerd. You can't leave until yeah. you fully, fully got the drivetrain. It's like if you're a car nerd and you walk over and you're like, I just need to know if it's a stick shift. I don't know why it changes my, <laughs> yeah. it changes yeah. my appreciation yeah. of the outside of the car. But if I walk over and you see a cool old so, uh, car and you walk over and it's an automatic, something sinks inside of me. And like, so, I'm not going to drive it. Why does it matter? You gave an example of the head nod that they gave. We've all seen the approving head nod. It's a, it's a classic. Yeah. You sit back, you look at it, you just like a. There's like a great yeah, Alonzo like, Morgan, yeah. mm-hmm. uh, Alonzo Morning, uh, gif of that kind of head nod of just like sitting there going, "That's nice." So, yeah. look, here's my question to you. You're at the checkout line. You're mm. seeing through. The person mm. is coming into the co-op. Yeah. In an ideal Without. situation, you would have been through the checkout line if you were at a regular grocery store. But you're getting through <laughs> the checkout line. They're coming in. Yeah. Do you want to have a conversation with that person? I don't After know how to start that, bike? but like, I saw you. Oh, oh, totally. Yeah, no, their bike was great. I loved it. This was... This is like... I very much appreciate this, as, especially as like a weird winter beater. Like, totally not what I would expect, but like... okay. Got they the made it done. work, yeah, and yeah. it was, yeah, it got the job done. Like they had panniers on this thing, full suspension mountain bike with full fenders and panniers in but the it's winter, the like suspension that's seat posts on the full suspension mountain bike, which is that's so luxury, <laughs> right there. It's great. It's great. <laughs> it's like riding a cloud nine. It's a yeah, they're floating on air. So you, it's you so good. So you wouldn't have known how to approach them. That's why you wouldn't have no, said it. So you're just like, oh yeah, I kind of am into bikes. It's. It's kind well, of, it's weird uh, if they, yeah, it's weird to be like, hey, I yeah, saw you and no, I'm the one. I, I think weird. the it's interaction weird. that happened is the interaction that needed to happen. It was perfect. I mean, well, yeah, I already got all the, okay, I got all the warm feelings out of it. Yeah. So. I will say when you were talking about this um, in the green room, I thought that you were taking the cargo bike. 
which kind of changed no. the because your cargo bike's goofy. It's awesome, yeah, yeah. and it's the per- perfect vehicle to take to go do your shopping at the co-op. It's true. The I was a little um, surprised when you said it was the Fuji, which is also a great bike. Um, fantastic oh, bike. Uh, fairly pretty normal compared to like yeah. like like I, by the books compared in the, in to what pantheon this person of was little guy bicycles. Maybe the most normal. Yes. Yeah, yeah it, it makes it, it makes <laughs> sense. But I was only getting a few things. I'm sorry, Tim. I'm in a full shot. Okay. Just a quick. They were probably quick dinner. They were probably sold out of a lot of stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah they weren't actually. <laughs> Maybe that's a problem they have at your grocery yeah. store. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> There's a hurricane coming. <laughs> like everyone, everything goes out. We only have one choice here. Yeah. Um. Well, little guy. And Spencer, it's been another wonderful episode of the Right Podcast. I can't think of anybody else I'd rather do this with um, after 432 episodes. So we'll keep this train on the road. Next week, we've got Amstel Gold and other great things in the world of bike racing. We'd like to thank all the listeners and supporters of the Wide Angle Podium Network. Head over to WideAnglePodium.com to, to find out how you can become a supporter. We'd like to thank BK1 of Rhyme Series Entertainment for the intro and outro music we have been using for over 415 episodes of this podcast the album is radio ducana ball on the mm-hmm. rhyme sayers entertainment album check it out we have heard the music before on planet money on various other npr podcasts and radio shows it's one of the best if you listen to the whole song give it on give it a listen on spotify all over it's an all-time classic and many thanks to bk1 for that and uh, email us at the slow ride podcast at gmail.com where all of your emails are gratefully received follow us on twitter and instagram at the slow ride pod and with that, this is Tim wishing there was a co-op here in Orlando, Florida. Uh, this is Matt. Uh, I just can't choose between which co-op to go to today <laughs> in Minneapolis. And this is Spencer in Western Massachusetts, where basically this whole place is a co-op, <laughs> reminding you to always wave at all your fellow cyclists that you see out on the road. The Slow Ride Podcast. Bikes, advice, and rumors straight from the source. TheSlowRidePodcast.com and on Twitter at TheSlowRidePod. Dear cycling friends, we accept the fact that we have created the premier gravel and road racing podcast, but we don't think you're crazy to ask us who we think we are. You see us as you want to see us, in the simplest terms, in the most convenient definitions. But what we found out is that each one of us is a hobby blogger, a gravel pro, and a curious newbie. And you can find us on the Wide Angle Podium Network. Does that answer your question? Sincerely yours the Grodio Podcast.